Gun's Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 80. Today we're going to chat with Alana Barracks. Gertrude needs to take a class if she wants to inherit her dad's guns. And we're going to talk about universal background checks. Today's panel is Mookie Maki, Sean Heron, and Ava Flanell. <laughs> okay. Your face. Mookie Maki. I'm like, mocha like a hiki. You know, you want to lay me. <laughs> sourpuss, sourpuss face over here. You're just fucking annoying. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not in a bad mood. You're just annoying. Yeah. Okay. Sounds like a bad mood to me. <laughs> you know All what's, right. you know, what's not a bad mood. Uh, great segue. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You know, let's check out our friends over at Manicore Arms. Oh, that's so much better. So good. So All good. right. Well, they are our friends. They're my friends. Sven's my friend. Okay. Yeah. Whatever you got to tell yourself to sleep at night. Sven and I like talk like every day. We're like BFFs, actually. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah, he's always sliding into those DMs. Yeah, I talk to Sven pretty regularly. Okay, well. okay, that's yesterday, great. the day before. But does he talk to you about me? Because we talk about you sometimes. No, because I'm professional and not a petty little biatch. Oh, well, we actually said really good things about you, but okay, that's awkward. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, recently on Instagram, Manicoro posted a video of Drew Hopkins. I don't know if you guys know him. He's uh, he has a, a pretty good, a pretty large following on Instagram. But he got an X95 and he decked it out with a bunch of Manicore Arms parts. Nice. From the looks of his video, it looked like he had the Luma safety, that little lever that uh, enhances the safety on it. Oh, what? You, ha- you have something to say? Did I not say Luma? <laughs> no, that's right. Might as well say Lima. No, it's Luma. Uh, te- The Tavor gasketed port cover. Definitely. The curved butt pad. Definitely. And what else? Did you see anything else? Uh, the X95 cantilever forend. The cantilever? Cantilever. Dang. Yeah, it actually, it, it also makes the uh, the rail on top. It's a higher rail. Yeah, just because of the anatomy of the X95, it kind of puts your cheek weld over most optics. So having that on there allows you to use red dots and things mm-hmm. like that, which is pretty nice. Yeah. So I'm not sure what else he had on there, but he had all kinds of stuff and it looked really cool. Go over and check out Drew Hopkins or it's on Manicorum social media. And if you guys want to buy stuff, go to manicorums.com, use the code GUNFUNNY15, and that gets you 15% off. Bam. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Before we do anything else, I got to say, so when we first met Alana a while ago, she said, yeah, it's Alana because I, I think I called her Alana. And I think we both did. Yeah. And she's like, it rhymes with banana. So now every time I say it, I almost say banana. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> it's B. It's it's bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. <laughs> Actually, it's been like two years since we've known you now. Yeah, yeah. We met at my first SHOT Show. And actually, there are a lot of people that call me Alana Banana at this point. So, you know, it's fine. You can stick with that. It's good. It's good. (laughs) Alana Banana, tell us your gun story. Like, how did you you get into firearms? (laughs) So, I have kind of an interesting or just different background. I actually didn't get into firearms until I was in college, which is normally when people become, like, uber liberal and, I don't know, like, try to destroy guns or something. But it was uh, right after Sandy Hook, in, uh, and I was in New York State, and the 2013 SAFE Act passed in New York, and I was a political science major, 
everybody in New York was freaking out about guns and it was all over the news and stuff. So I wanted to understand why it was such a big deal because I didn't realize that gun culture was such a prevalent issue in America. I didn't grow up around guns or anything like that. And so I decided to do a research project on the SAFE Act and I didn't understand anything about it. I didn't know, you know, the difference between a shotgun and a rifle or anything like that. So um, I did a ton of research and by the end of that uh, particular project I worked on, it took me like six months and I decided that it was like the worst piece of legislation ever written. And I realized that people were trying to legislate an item or an object that they didn't understand. Uh, so then I just went from like zero to a hundred and became insanely pro gun. And it just kind of became like a calling almost, if you will. I was like, Oh my God, everybody needs to learn about this. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, for me, it was all about the political issues. Um, and then from there, I just went as far as I could. Within a year, I became a, rain, a range safety officer because I was like, all right, I'm going hard now. <laughs> Very cool. Everyone's getting a job at like American Eagle and you're like, I'm going to get a job at the uh, the range up the street. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so what school yeah. were you, you were in college at the time um, in New mm-hmm. York? I'm kind of curious, like, how did your professor react to your paper? Well, not too bad, actually, because surprisingly, uh, that particular professor was actually a libertarian. Um, okay. So it worked out well. But I had a lot of other experiences in college where, uh, for example, I hosted a uh, pistol permit course on campus, which is basically just a basic firearm safety class. And somebody contacted the campus police and told them that I was an active shooter <laughs> on campus. Oh, my God. And I had a girl spit on me once uh, because I was that gun girl on campus. And wow. so it was an interesting time in my life. Absolutely. <laughs> I went I went to college in New York City. And oh, I God, did. That's even worse. Yeah. I was in Buffalo, so. Yeah. So I know like upstate, it's, it's obviously a little bit more friendlier as far as guns. But yeah, I didn't tell them at the time like, oh, yeah, my parents own a gun store. And, you know, I just yeah. like kind of <laughs> I just like did not say anything. <laughs> Yeah, instead you're like, my parents are small business owners. Yeah, they own a small uh, a flower shop. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so getting spit on that—that's kind of insane. Yeah, I always, that is so. I see stuff like this happening on college campuses because I watch like mm-hmm. Louder with Crowder and just stuff like that. And uh, what's the the big dude? I can't remember. Ben Shapiro. No, I, I love Ben or... Shapiro too, but it's like kind of a big, mm-hmm. uh, bigger, fatter dude, and he does a lot of that. And it's like, <laughs> is talking. it Sean? Oh yeah, it's me. No, <laughs> he does like talking with, oh man, I can't remember, but he's, he like gets a lot of hate and he goes to all this stuff and he, his microphone is literally like a shotgun microphone taped to a wooden spoon. And he's just <laughs> always talking to people at colleges and rallies and things like that. And man, it's just like, it's violent and just like gross. And uh, people have like impulse control problems. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So yeah, what is it? And I mean, I, I, sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, um, no, right. but I did get pretty lucky in the sense that I did have a lot of people who did support me on campus and everything just because I was really, really involved in a lot of different clubs and groups and stuff. So, so it definitely helped to have people behind me. Whereas, you know, I've seen other, uh, like pro gun college kids now where they don't know anybody that 
supports them or, or anything like that. And, and it's literally like they're hiding in the dark because of all the people that they're friends with on campus and everything. That sucks. So I take mm-hmm. it you growing up, like I assume your family, maybe they were anti-gun um, because you didn't grow mm-hmm. up around guns or maybe they just didn't have guns. But what was that mm-hmm. like? And like, what are they, yeah. what are their thoughts now considering like the career that you've taken? Yeah. So my family is really, really supportive. Uh, it's kind of an interesting dynamic because my mom is, she's an independent, I'd say, but she's definitely much more left leaning. And my dad is a very like establishment Republican. And so they were never very influential as far as politics growing up. Like they didn't really talk politics much, um, in front of us or anything. And we didn't have guns at all. Uh, but, with my mom's side of the family, they are very, very liberal. They are Canadian, so, you know, gotta love them. Uh, <laughs> they're very polite. Um, and uh, my dad's side of the family is all pretty conservative. And so now I'd say, you know, my Canadian relatives, they just kind of look at me like I'm that crazy American. You know, they're <laughs> like, they tell their friends that they're like, oh, yeah, you should see my my American cousin is like one of those crazy <laughs> gun people. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I'd say they're all pretty darn supportive and, uh, it's just been really a, a very good way for me to learn how to educate people and have kind of the more difficult conversations, you know, cause even, uh, like I mentioned in college was a real struggle for me because of how people acted on campus and everything. But I also had to deal with that in my family and kind of explain to them why I was becoming interested in firearms. And I actually got to have a really cool experience and go with my dad to buy his first gun. And then more recently, uh, my brother bought his first gun from me and it was my first AR-15. Uh, so they've definitely, you know, everybody's come around and we're all a big, happy gun family now. My mom <laughs> is still like terrified of guns, but she at least supports what I do. And for people who don't know what you do, what is that? So I work in the firearms industry, obviously. Um, I'm a social media manager and I just work with like pro gun clients and stuff like that. Previously, uh, like the way that I got into the industry was uh, I worked for a hunting nonprofit. And um, so I, I did like some lobbying for like state policy and stuff like that to support hunters and anglers. And then before that, or, or during the same time, I was also working part-time at like various gun shops so that I could get more technical knowledge about firearms rather than just knowing the policy side of things. That's fantastic. Let's talk about lobbying for just a second. When you say lobbying and, mm-hmm. and, and you did lobbying, mm-hmm. there's so much going on these days. Can you tell us like uh, yeah. what you did and, and kind of what lobbying was for you in that for you know, anglers and hunters and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so a lot of what I did was really just reading and research and writing papers. It was honestly like being in college again, <laughs> because it was just like, you know, having having to know everything that you could possibly know about, you know, each subject that I was working on. A few things that I, I did a lot of work on were suppressor legislation, because that's actually a huge issue in the hunting community. So I worked with uh, the guys over at American Suppressor Association and tried to get silencers legal in uh, the few different states that I worked in uh, for hunting particularly, because they, they're legal 
in, I think, 42 states to own, but not all of those states allow it for hunting. So I did a lot of work on silencer legislation. Uh, I did a lot of work on Sunday hunting because that's something a lot of people don't realize. There are a lot of states that still don't allow people to hunt on Sundays. Well, I mean, it's Um, it's God's day. (laughs) I know. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. I'm like, it's amazing how many religious laws there still are and it's mostly in the northeast which i would have expected it to be in the south where it's like you know the bible belt that's interesting yeah so So you can't those were you can't drink you can't hunt it's like they basically just take out america at a i know so bad yeah (laughs) and a lot of those states too you can't like sell alcohol on sundays either yeah and then, so you can't get drunk and hunt. Gosh. Yeah. So, you know what? So that's, dumb. Yeah. No kidding. Oh, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm sorry. I thought this was America. I know. <laughs> um, so you wrote a lot of papers and how were those papers used? Mm-hmm. I would submit them. Uh, so there were a couple different ways. I, I would either write, uh, you know, sort of like a, a one pager to provide state legislators with all of the information that we would work on, you know, uh, trying to educate them. It it was really, that was kind of the main role that I played was educating uh, policymakers on the issues that we cared about. So I would just, you know, write up a one pager about, you know, why they should care about something, what bills are going to change, what laws and things like that. And, tell them why we supported it. Uh, and a lot of times it would be coordinating between other hunting groups and trying to get everybody on board and get everybody on the same page and then go and talk to politicians. Wow. Dang. Yeah. And, and threaten them and tell them if they don't do what we want, that <laughs> they won't be no. politicians much longer. Oh God, right. No. <laughs> that is, that is huge no. though. Is just like educating people because you're right. Like there's so many lawmakers out there that have no idea what they're talking about. And it's mm-hmm. so frustrating. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you know, it would be, it would be crazy to see. I definitely, you know, the organization I worked for, we definitely like really, really did our due diligence in providing all of the sources where we got information from. And it was very, very detailed uh, work. But then you would see the people who are lobbying against you or against your issues just coming out there with some absolutely ludicrous statements like, Oh God, I wish I could remember. I I mean, basically like for silencers, for example, working on suppressor legislation, we would have people coming out there saying that they were James Bond assassin tools. And, um, you know, it was, everything was very, very emotional on that subject. Or it was farmers basically saying that they wanted to be the only people allowed to hunt with suppressors. It's crazy, weird, Fuds. weird issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Farmers well, would get a lot of, a lot of exceptions to different policies. Like, cause you could say like the hunting on Sundays, for example, farmers would uh, have an exception and they would be allowed to hunt because they would say it was crop control but they wouldn't want anybody else to be able to hunt on that day. So they were very anti-Sunday hunting. Interesting. Uh, that is kind of crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to go back just a little bit. Uh, you mm-hmm. talked about like Safe Safe Act and how that kind of sparked everything. Were yeah. you like as a teenager and, you know, early adulthood, were you like, yeah, you know, freedom is where it's at? Like, or did you not even think about it? Because I know my mm-hmm. kids, like even me, like when I was a teenager, I didn't really think about stuff like that. 
And it, mm-hmm. it's funny that the, the SAFE Act was kind of that catalyst for you, but was that something that was always like important or d- did that kind of come as you went to college and studied the SAFE Act and then how did that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't really care that much about, you know, freedom and liberty and all those important things at yeah. the time. But once I, you know, started delving into the subject and realizing like, wait a second, these people are going to have their property stolen from them just because they have a pistol grip on an AR-15, but they're allowed to have it if it doesn't have a pistol grip. Like, I I just realized that a lot of the different ways that laws were being written, it it was definitely just so that property could be stolen from people or so that people could be thrown in jail because of the property that they owned. So it did become, uh, it did start to become a, a big issue for me once I understood what was going on. But before that, I hadn't really thought about it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I always thought that the American Revolution was a really, really interesting war. And so like that kind of helped because then I, I started to understand like, okay, you know, the American Revolution started once the British were confiscating firearms and confiscating black powder and things like that. But yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't really a concept to me about like people being able to be free to do what they want and own what they want until I understood firearms. It's so crazy. Like uh, people people <laughs> who come to firearms as adults, like all three of us here, mm-hmm. you can Speak usually for yourself. you can usually figure out that catalyst <laughs> that that like that that moment where mm-hmm. something just clicks. For Ava, it was lost. For me, it was camping. You know, I was like, really? oh man, I'm camping. I, I need to be protected from bears. And then I was like, bears, <laughs> Bear. wait a minute. What Can't about, just... what about crazy people? I need huh. to be protected from them too. And for you, it was just like this, this, you can this just, horrible law. You can just like <laughs> wrestle a bear and choke him out. Uh, like that guy with the mountain lion. The mountain lion. Yeah. 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 Step it's on like, its neck till yeah, it dies. Yeah. MBD. Yeah. Oh my God. One of my old coworkers actually got attacked by a mountain lion when he was like six or five or something. <laughs> Did he choke him out? <laughs> It's so awesome. It was crazy. It was like one day I was talking to him and I don't know how it came up, but he was like, oh yeah, when I was like five, I got carried off by a mountain lion. <laughs> You're like, what? And that's, it's a, it was real, his, it's a real threat. Was Should've his name gun. Mowgli? <laughs> <laughs> no, he grew up with wolves. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, right? <laughs> okay, y- your jungle book lore is okay, really lacking. <laughs> grow up. <laughs> Dude, hey, you're you- the one that, that brought up Baloo the bear, all right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I will say that Jungle Book on Netflix, really good. No, I don't know oh, if I've wait, seen is it. it. Hold on a second, because there's a new Jungle Book, but then Netflix came out with something called Mowgli. Mowgli, and it was also... Mowgli, yeah. Okay, okay. See, I haven't seen Mowgli, but I've seen the new Jungle Book. The so Jungle Book was know. bad. Mowgli was good. Hmm. All oh, right. Oh, man. See, so I thought that the Jungle Book was good, but now I'll have to watch Mowgli. I thought the Jungle Book was good, too. So now we have it. Everyone, watch Mowgli. <laughs> <laughs> so... Alana, I want to talk. You need to get paid by Netflix for that. All right. No (laughs) kidding. Uh, Send the check to Sean. (laughs) So (laughs) let's talk about social media in the firearms industry. What are some of the issues that you see or have? Oh, man. Um, Well, I mean, honestly, I think social media in the firearms industry has been so fascinating because it can really make or break companies. Yeah. Especially recently. I mean, lately, it seems Mm -hmm. like everyone's like on a witch hunt and... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, um, I mean, like small companies particularly are really, really like they got to watch themselves on social media. It's crazy. I think the best part about social media and firearms just in general and like firearms education is that 
we're getting rid of FUDs one meme at a time. Uh, I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, it, it's amazing. You know, I was actually just talking to Mike before this, uh, my co-host slash fiance. And uh, we get were it, talking about girl. how... Pardon? <laughs> I said, get it, girl. No. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Your mic like just keeps cutting out for like a half a second every time that you talk. I don't it, know what's going on. It's probably because Sean just set me up for failure. Yeah. Oh, damn it, I Sean. set you up for failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. Uh, sorry. I didn't mean yeah, to. So we... No, you're good. Uh, but we were talking about how fascinating it is because, you know, before the internet, before social media, the only way that people had to get firearms information was either going to the library or going to gun shop Gary and learning about whatever he could tell you, you know? And so, but now like everybody can learn about anything and it's amazing. So, and you could also spread the word pretty quickly too. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so I mean, there are a lot of companies. I mean, recently we saw the whole debacle with all these companies being exposed for their campaign finance donations. I mean, Benchmade is not a gun company, but you know, they're in the self-defense industry. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's a great time to be alive. (laughs) Yes, it is. I know. It's, (laughs) it's kind of crazy. I think that, uh, you know, everyone's so mad at FUDs all the time. But FUDs don't get on the internet, so FUDs don't even know people are mad at them. Exactly. Yeah. They don't care about your memes. No. Yeah. They, they really don't. <laughs> Can I just say, though, with, like, all the stuff going on with, like, Benchmade and EOTech and Surefire, like, I've eaten so much popcorn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> what oh are your guys' thoughts on that? Sorry? What are your guys' thoughts on everything? Oh, man. Well, I think... I don't really know what to say, really, because I mean, okay, so with Benchmade, first things first was them chopping up guns, and that's never good. Nobody likes to see firearms being destroyed, particularly by another, you know, a company within the self-defense industry. But they couldn't really do that much about that because it was the police department that posted the video and tagged them in it. So, I mean... I I don't think that they could have done anything to prevent it other than just refusing to chop up firearms. <laughs> yeah. I'm like- well, and I think I think it brought attention to a lot of people in the fact that they didn't realize that this is happening. That I oh, mean yeah. there's police mm-hmm. departments all over the country are constantly chopping up guns and I don't think that mm-hmm. a lot of people realize that this was happening. Yeah, and I mean, it's really just because judges are trying to prove a point and try to prove that firearms are somehow responsible for the crimes that are committed with them. So, I mean, I I think that it'll at least give a lot of other companies that uh, the kind of learning of don't chop up guns. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that this will mean, I mean, I don't know how many other companies will accept that or or like how how frequently other companies get approached to to cut up guns but i'm hoping that this will teach everybody a lesson and people will stop destroying firearms yeah i definitely agree with that and then after that happens then it everyone discovers that they've been donating mm-hmm. funds to democrats people who are anti-gun mm-hmm. which we talked yeah. about a little bit sean you had an interesting perspective uh, which one? I've talked about this. Well, a lot. okay. So we were at five guys and I had three patties mm-hmm. and you only had like one or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as is tradition. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and everybody looked at me like, 
when they uh, gave us our order, they just assumed that you were getting the three patties. Right. Well, and the thing is, is they didn't look at you because you ordered three patties. They looked at you because you ate it like. Yeah, I was really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, it's like a sprinkler coming out of your mouth. I didn't even understand. It was like, it was like I'd been dieting for like a week and then I finally was introduced to food. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do know what you're saying. <laughs> and that's a true story right and there. And it's all so confusing. <laughs> So what was it that you, cause we had, we had talked about this. This is right around the time that it happened. Uh, well, okay. Come on, spit it out. I'm like, I, I just don't remember if we had That's talked about this said. on the show before. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but so here's my thoughts on it. Like opensecrets.org uh, is the website where everyone suddenly became political experts and funding experts yeah. and policy experts <laughs> and everything else. And I get it. Like I looked it up. Uh, we like shooting actually broke some news about, I think it was EOTech's parent company, L3 mm-hmm. technology. But here's the thing is people just don't necessarily do stuff like that. Like Benchmade, it turned out that they were giving to a Democratic politician that did a lot of work with a local trade school where Benchmade got a lot of their employees and they felt like they were supporting the trade school by supporting the politician that, that funds the trade school. And, you know, there's always there's always uh, there's always more to the more story. To the story I, I truly think mm-hmm. plus OpenSecrets.org actually when you donate to a political campaign, it asks who your employer is. So Open Secrets even has that, and it, it's delineated by employee. A lot of people aren't de- uh, diving that deeply into it to see that some of their employees are donating to these politicians and things like that. And that that news has come out. I think Surefire was the one who was like, "Hey, like our employee donated five hundred bucks to a Democratic or a liberal politician, and you know we're not going to tell our employee how they can spend their money." Mm-hmm. And, and I totally agree with that. I mean, it's still frustrating though. It is. It doesn't help the cause. Yeah. It is. And, and with all these companies like donating to Democrats and everyone's like, Oh, it's because, uh, they've got Department of Defense contracts and they have to do that. They have to pay to play. Well, me being the smart ass I am, I was like, Oh damn, I'm going to, I'm going to go tattle on six hours. So I go look up six hour because <laughs> I know they just got the huge M17 contract and multiple others. And yeah, zero dollars to Democrats. So I'm like, well, maybe it isn't mm-hmm. so pay to play. Maybe, maybe there's, I don't know. Maybe these people are doing something shady, but without mm-hmm. having the whole picture and the real story, I just think that it's knee jerk and pitchfork and torches. And I don't know. Uh, again, mm-hmm. I hate the fact that Benchmade destroyed guns, but I know there's a ton of companies out there that are doing it. There's a, there's a ton of gun companies out there right now that are literally not sleeping at night because they destroy guns for local police agencies. And, and like it's that. just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. <before they're, laughs> well, there was waiting for, for someone to find out. Yeah. There was one literally in the last six months I have looked everywhere for it. Cause I remember seeing it. It was some like AR 15 company and they posted somewhere like, Hey, just destroying these, these guns that aren't ours for the local PD. And I was like, mm-hmm. LOL. But man, if that had come out <laughs> t- today, Oh, it'd be a disaster. Yeah, I think the one that I was the most disappointed in just to see was uh, going through the list of all the politicians that L3 donated to and seeing that, you know, because it's like you said, there are people who are donating to, you know, different politicians for different reasons. I, I knew a lot of people who were Republicans, but they were also business owners and they would donate to Democrats sometimes if it would help them out or something. But L3 donated to like Diane Feinstein, Kamala yeah. Harris, Elizabeth Warren, uh, Beto O'Rourke. Really? Yeah. Freaking Beto. Like, Those are the ones. I think that's that... what I was the most disappointed in was just, you know, I get the, the pay to play issue. Uh, I mean, but like you said, SIG and other companies, I'm sure didn't donate to literally Lucifer. Yeah. Um, I know. So, <laughs> 
So I, I was just, you know, after seeing that, I was just like, well, I'm glad I don't own any EOTechs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Was that the, was that the thing that you were looking for me to talk about, Ava? Uh, mm, I guess so. Yeah. Cause I was like, I don't know. I really wasn't paying attention. I was just eating my <laughs> cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> and then you look over and I'm like just done and you're still. Yeah. But yet yeah, who's, who's skinny? Uh, <laughs> get uh, it girl. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's nice. Cause like I've been working out so I could actually kind of eat like whatever I want and I'm still losing weight. <laughs> God, there are so many people listening to this so pissed off right and now. And they're like, shut up, bitch, shut up. <laughs> like they're Sean. Like, yeah. Skinny bitches. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling like that a little bit right now. <laughs> so, uh, Alana, tell us about your podcast. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So it is the Semi-Armed Life. Uh, we are actually coming up on our one-year anniversary. Pretty much. I So I co-host it with my fiance. And... Uh, I, I literally, I just try to control the chaos that is my co-host because he is just a wealth of knowledge and he's always just exploding with information. Uh, but basically he's really into firearms history particularly and he's a very like technical, you know, gear guy. Whereas I, on the other hand, you know, as we've kind of already discovered, I'm a more of a policy and politics kind of person. Uh, so we try to just sort of mold all those ideas together and you know about like once a month ish we're up to like 11 episodes right now and it's been 11 months so about once a month uh we have an episode and we just try to make it like a a mix of you know five or six different topics and they're kind of all over the place mixed in with some comedy my uh, co-host is really into doing voices so Dude, get a that's, lot of fun stuff. I feel like that. you're talking about Sean, except for the wealth and knowledge part. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> no, all oh, right, yeah. Sean, I'll hand it to you. Sometimes you're smart. Thanks. Yeah, and you and you do pretty good voices too, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> don't make it weird. <laughs> uh, where can people but, find um, your podcast? Uh, so on the uh, Apple Podcast app, or I think there's a an Android podcast app also, we're on there, and SoundCloud. So soundcloud.com slash semi-armedslife. Cool. Do you yeah. like doing podcasts? Oh, yeah. I love it. It's a little uh, overwhelming sometimes, like the, the way that we do our podcasts. I don't know if you guys have ever listened to Hardcore History by Dan Carlin. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. Um, Okay. Yeah. So that's like our favorite podcast, I'd say. Um, so our goal is to kind of be like him, but with more humor. But I mean, we're not even close to being as smart as Dan Carlin. So, you know, it ends up being more like Joe Rogan or something minus the guests. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I definitely love doing it. But uh, it, it can be, like I said, just a little bit overwhelming at times because I feel like a lot of pressure to to get everything right since we're trying to educate people about stuff. Is it more work than you thought it would be? Aside from um, like the yeah. content, but just, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to start my own podcast because it seems like it's easy <laughs> and it's not like it's it's mm-hmm. I spend so much freaking time a week on this damn podcast (laughs) and this is and this is my last podcast everyone (laughs) 
Oh, man. <laughs> but it, I mean, it really um, is like looking back. I definitely, before I started, I definitely thought it was easier than it is. Yeah, it is. It oh, is yeah, tough. yeah. Well, and I think I've kind of given myself a little bit more leeway. Uh, luckily, we have much, much better equipment now than when we started. So when we started, I had to edit out all of uh, Mike's like mouth breathing and sniffles and stuff like that um but luckily our equipment is better so it saves me a lot more time on editing but yeah i mean like learning the programs and stuff luckily i I already had some familiarity with adobe programs so i just use adobe audition but it's a lot more work than i thought it would be (laughs) it really is like just everything and then you're like oh well i need this and i need that and i need this and i need yeah (laughs) and i mean luckily you know we're not we're not trying to make a career out of it or anything like that. Um, you know, I feel like there are a lot of social media people and like podcasters and YouTubers that are like, I want to be famous someday. And we're like, eh, we just want to make our friends learn more about guns so that they'll buy them. <laughs> I just right. want to arm people. I just want to make people laugh at, <laughs> at me and my misfortune. That's that's. I mean, I guess you're kind of doing a good job. Yeah, I mean, you're making me laugh. So (laughs) perfect. You're making me sympathy laugh is what you're doing. All right, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's great. Uh, We we do need to take a quick break and hear from Hackett Equipment. Oh my, that was loud. That was so loud. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I was like, oh geez, am I at like a house potty? See, podcasting is so hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you got a sound tech guy that uh, doesn't know what he's doing. That's pretty funny. So what about Hackett Equipment? What about them? Well, I know that they have, they have three backpacks now. Wait, wait, wait. Three backpacks. Mm Mm-hmm. They have the Big Bertha, the Little Bertha, and the, the EDC bag. So you mean if I go buy three backpacks right now, I put them out of business? Uh, yeah. <laughs> shut up. Just kidding. Just shut up and, and just read the ad. They have the big Bertha, the little Bertha, and the EDC <laughs> bag. <laughs> They're actually really cool though, cause they hold so much stuff. Like even the little Bertha, don't let that name fool you. You can fit so much stuff in there. It's, L- I mean, it's lots insane. Of videos, yeah. Lots of videos out there. But my biggest concern is that like literally any day now, any day, some lady, She's going to be like 75, 85 years old. And her name's going to be her Bertha. Her name's Bertha. She's going to be like, oh, this new internet machine. And she's going to like type Bertha in and she's going to be like, what? What? What is this? What is the meaning of this? Yeah. And then? And then she's going to just be mad, but she can't tell anyone because she doesn't know how to use the internet. So who cares? Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. But anyway, yeah. That'll go, happen. Maybe. Go check them out. Like if you're like us, when you go to the range, you take a ton of different stuff. So and it's much stuff. Nice to consolidate as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And I really like the Hackett Equipment guys too. So go yeah. check them out. HackettEquipment.com. And you- use that code GUNFUNNY20. And can you guess what that gets you? Uh, 12% off. No, stupid. Oh my God. 20% off. Really? <laughs> I would have never guessed. <laughs> go check them out. So, Lana, you're also part of our uh, Patreon. And, I am. And you've been there actually for a while now. You've been a Patreon for, I don't know, probably like over a year or, or just yeah, about I think a year it was or something. Probably, I think it was after I met you guys at SHOT Show. And I was like, all right, they're pretty cool. I'll give them money. Yeah, we met at the Circle Bar. And I was like uh, trash. And you uh, were like, hey, I know you. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. 
<laughs> that was actually a yeah. really good reenactment. <laughs> yeah, it was actually. And I was like brand new, you know, it was my first shot show. And I was like, oh man, I don't know. Is it weird if I go introduce myself? Like, am I, am I creepy? Cause I'm like, Hey, I know you from the internet. Uh, but you know, it was, it was pretty good. You gave me a good experience at the circle bar. <laughs> oh, the circle bar. I know. So, um, like our patrons, there's like a mix between like, they like ARs or AKs. What do you prefer? AKs, AK every day. Yeah. I know. So why? Aww. <laughs> why do you? Why oh, is man. that? Um. So okay, it's a lot of reasons. Uh, I mean, I definitely like ARs, and so you know, it's it's always kind of hard to, I don't know, compare the two. It's like apples and oranges. But I think that with AKs, there's just so much more to learn. You know, I think that after. After I built my first AR-15, I was just like, oh, well, all right, there we go. Uh, but with AKs, you know, getting into them and, and learning about which ones are good and which ones are bad, like you have to understand so much about the country of origin and where you can buy, you know, a decent magazine, you know, because with AR-15s, I feel like Obviously, you know, you can get a really bad AR-15 and everything, um, and there's a lot to learn with them, but it's not so much about the history of the firearm. It's more just about who uses better parts or something like that. Hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does. I, okay. did, I dig AKs. <laughs> like, like, I get it. But the, mm -hmm. the appropriate answer, Elena, is why do you like AKs? Because I like Adidas and tracksuits. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the that's the right answer. That's the that's one. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I like to listen to you know Slavic death metal, and that's it. <laughs> yes. What are I some? Drink, I drink a lot of vodka. <laughs> uh, hey, us too. Do yeah. Now you speak in my language. <laughs> We're drunk right now. <laughs> Yay! There you go. Yo yo whoa, whoa. No. <laughs> Wow, that dance was so creepy. I'm so glad there's no video. I know it was like oh, God. Uh, what is that Mono or whatever Momo? <laughs> Momo. <laughs> All right. Oh my God. <laughs> What are some of your favorite like AK firearms or products or accessories? Oh man, this is going to be weird to explain. Uh, so I have a Romanian paratrooper. Uh, that's probably my favorite gun that I own. And, uh, so it's got like really, really nice wood furniture. So I'm, I'm all about that. You know, I'm, I'm not so much. I into, could, I could like, totally appreciate tactical. good wood. <laughs> oh God. I just set you right up for that. <laughs> Well, now it's no, but get so for much real. Worse. So it's gonna get so much worse because I, I have a dong handguard on it. Oh. Yeah, girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so I mean, I, I definitely, you know, I just appreciate like the the rustic, I guess, aesthetic of it. I'm not so much into like the tactical type of AKs. Those definitely serve a purpose, though, and those are fantastic too. I guess for any particular products, I really like RS regulate mounts for optics. Yeah, they're, they're um, good. I think, yeah, I think that one really common misconception um, that a lot of people have and a lot of people in the social media, like, you know, that are younger that are into guns, uh, maybe already know that this isn't the case, but a common misconception is that AKs are not uh, very easy to modify and, and stuff like that, you know, because with ARs, you can just throw some something on a, a, the pick rail and mm -hmm. you know you can add all kinds of gear and gadgets to them but i mean really like there there are so many products out there i mean manicore is one of your guys sponsors they make plenty of handguards with like key mod rails and stuff like that that you mm -hmm. can 
you know, custom customize your AK just as much as you could an AR. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I find AK so difficult to work on. Like I've never taken an yes. AK apart and not had to like use a Dremel or a file or something. Oh, bless your yeah. heart. I know. It's so like, you know, replacing handguards, putting wood on. It's, mm-hmm. uh, but it is fun. Uh, my AK is mm-hmm. actually at my gunsmith right now having, having parts put on it because I do not have the capabilities. Yeah. I don't have a press <laughs> to put my barrel in. I don't have the appropriate tools to mm-hmm. drill my gas port and. Yeah. So mm-hmm. some stuff. Yeah, and and I mean that's that's I think kind of the fun part about AKs is that they're definitely like I think that they're uh way more of a challenge to work with. Like if you haven't beaten your mallet or beaten your AK with a mallet, then like <laughs> you're not even an AK person. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, so <laughs> I love it. Uh so changing the subject a little bit, what are the thoughts on the direction that you think our our gun rights are headed? Oh, man. I mean, since you see this like every day, you're having to deal with politics. Mm-hmm. Like, what are your thoughts? Oh, down the toilet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, without trying to be too depressing, I think it's very disheartening to see that, uh, you know, gun control bills have just recently passed in the House, uh, the universal background checks. I mean, it's more than likely going to fail in the Senate because the Senate is where everything goes to die. But I think that it definitely says says a lot about the progression of the Democrat Party as a whole and how gun control is now 100 percent the number one priority that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the past, obviously, like with Obama and everything, healthcare was always kind of the number one concern and social programs. But now it's really clear that that is what they're coming for. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as in terms of the federal level, we're always, you know, going to kind of go back and forth between what party controls the federal government. So it's only a matter of time before we have Democrats in control again, and they will be gunning for our guns. Yeah, but... <laughs> and I say this all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can love Trump or hate Trump or think that he's the worst thing that ever happened to gun rights or the best thing. But those two seats and maybe even a third before he leaves office on the U- United States Supreme Court mm-hmm. are going to be the biggest legacy of any oh, president yeah. in my lifetime, I think, uh, as long as it goes mm-hmm. my way. If not, I'll be like, damn it, Trump. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's- no. I, I mean, you're absolutely right, though. But then, you know, it gets to the point where. Once I'm an old lady and Trump's selections have died off, then who knows what our Supreme Court is going to look like. So it might not be now that we get a bunch of gun control uh, happening, but it's certainly possible in the future. So I don't know. I, I like to think that we are kind of waking up a lot of people to our cause and, and why the Second Amendment is important. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's I don't know. The future is bleak. Yeah. And it's still, I think it's still like really unfortunate how many people don't get involved. There's so many people like, I mean, Sean, I'm not trying to, you know, but you're just like, eh, it's probably not going to happen. And I think that that is how a lot of people feel. And so they're not as proactive or they Mm -hmm. rely on organizations to handle it for them. Whoa, whoa, whoa. When do I say that it's not going to... I mean, you just kind of said because of, you know, Trump. Well, look, the Democrats are going to be back in power. It's cyclical. That's how it always goes. Mm -hmm. But I'm less concerned about it now because of the Supreme Court. But 
geez, mm-hmm. if people take that to be like, oh, I can be lazy, forget it. Because do you know how long it takes for a case to A, reach the Supreme Court, B, be selected by the Supreme Court, and C, be argued yeah. in front mm-hmm. of the Supreme Court? We're talking years and years and years of horribleness. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, activism is hugely important. And as I always say, three tenets that we need to fight for the Second Amendment in the United States. Activism, lobbying, and when those two things fail, litigation. And then when that and all then when fails, all that fails, vote from war. The, vote bring from out, the rooftops. I was going to say, bring out your guns. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it's but we're probably going to be old ladies when this happens. But I don't care. I'm ready. Yeah. Oh my god, Ava! I'm going to be fighting right next to you, <laughs> even if we're wearing life alert necklaces. Yeah, no kidding. I'm going to take my dentures out and go to town. Wait, that has, Wait. that has a different meaning. <laughs> Oh dang oh, it! Man. Are we I, gonna have to? Are we gonna have to use like revolvers come time for oh, revolution? Oh, I hope not, because we're gonna be so old. Nah, <laughs> they've. I'll just use my my Smith and Wesson uh, Shield Easy, my 380. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that, that's mine, by the way. <laughs> I'm stealing it. No, you don't even know where it is. <laughs> just shut up. I'll get my own. Whatever. But that's the, that's the new granny gun. It do, it really is. It's like it really invented is. for them. Yeah. And it's so awesome for them. yeah. So screw revolvers. Psh, I'm gonna be like one of those hip grannies. <laughs> exactly. Shooting 380. Yeah. <laughs> what else, Sean? Uh, there's. Are you see. done shopping online? Uh, now I that am you just, actually. Now that you just bought all of Amazon, I'm just sitting here watching. Like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> I was like, sure, four hundred dollars. Bye. Yeah. Bye. MBD. Oh, <laughs> I just spent that on my Lululemons. <laughs> yeah. For real. God. <laughs> hey, look, it's not easy, you know? Being cheesy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the next question is actually yours. I mean, I just wanted to congratulate Alana on getting engaged. Congrats, Thanks. girl. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited we for actually, you. We just booked our venue, so I'm super stoked. Nice. Because I know that, I don't know, I mean, maybe this is off the record, but I remember we were talking about it a while back. And mm-hmm. you were like, yeah, I think he's going to pop the question. I was like, oh, I was like, I hope he does. <laughs> but we were talking about it before it happened. So I'm I'm really mm-hmm. happy to to hear that it Aww. happened. And <laughs> thank you. Thank just really you. Happy yeah. for you. Uh, he proposed on my birthday. So that Aww. was a nice birthday surprise. <laughs> was that was that awesome? Asking for. A oh, friend. my God. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Sorry. What, what do you that? mean asking for a friend? <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, taking notes. Well, I mean, she's not going to say she hated it. That, that's oh true. no, it was fantastic. All right, I was perfect. like, it was crazy because he he totally tricked me because we were going to Arizona to visit my mom and dad for Christmas, and my birthday is December thirteenth. So he kept saying that he was going to ask my dad permission once we were in Arizona, you know, like ask for my hand in marriage and whatever. So I was like, Oh, okay. So it's, it's not happening till like January or sometime after that. But then instead psych, he called my dad and asked permission. So (laughs) nice. it was a surprise, even though like I knew it was coming at some point. I think that's what she said. Um, (laughs) um, I think that's that's actually hmm? sweet though. I think, I oh, mean, yeah. my dad, my dad wouldn't give a shit. He'd be like, cool. Yeah. She's not my responsibility. I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. Anybody wants to marry her. Go ahead. Cause I mean, he yeah, said right. that before, like we'll have somebody, a guy wait on us. Like when we go to dinner or something, he's like, Hey, you married, you want to marry my daughter? And, uh, I mean, he's just, but I, I still think that whatever guy is uh sucker enough to marry me, <laughs> I mean, lucky enough yeah. that he should probably ask my dad first. 
Mm-hmm. Because it's just kind yeah, of the right I mean, thing to do. I'm kind of old school like that. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. We're putting Sean to sleep. <laughs> I don't care. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's pretty darn exciting uh, to be marrying somebody who is just as pro-gun, if not somehow more pro-gun than I am. Right. And, you know, it helps because he takes care of like all the annoying things like cleaning my guns for me and stuff like that. Nice. So are you guys going to have like a gun theme wedding? No, (laughs) no. A lot of people keep asking that, (laughs) but no, I I don't think we will, but I don't know. I don't know. I gotta, I gotta somehow incorporate firearms, but I have so many Canadians coming that like, if they saw a gun, they'd be like, Oh my God, we have to go back to the North. (laughs) That's funny. That is pretty great. Did did you actually answer this earlier? But what does semi armed mean? Oh yeah. Uh, so the semi armed life, obviously a play on semi charmed life. Yes. Uh, we're just we're just huge third eye blind fans. Uh, no. Uh, so <laughs> basically, the way that we see it is, it's kind of like. Uh, we're so bogged down by, uh, you know, current gun control and all of the different regulations on firearms and, uh, different laws that we have to follow. Uh, particularly for us, we live in Northern Virginia and, you know, right next door to us is DC and Maryland. We can't carry there or else we would go to jail for five years. So semi-armed is just kind of a play on how we're not allowed to be fully armed, if that makes sense. It does. It does. Um, yeah, you know, like we're, we're also stuck with semi-auto guns instead of full auto unless, you know, you want to go through the whole process of trying to get a class three and all mm-hmm. that. But yeah, so that's kind of, that's where that name came from. Nice. nice. I like it. So Thanks. the, uh, the, out of my three tenets, the first one is activism. How can be people mm-hmm. be more politically active and, you know, how can they get involved in important ways? Cause I say, I'll just say this up front and editorialize a bit that, signing petitions and sharing Facebook posts doesn't do really fuck all uh, for our rights. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I but don't it, think. it helps a little bit. I think it, I don't know. I'd Keyboard like to think warriors. that it, yeah. yeah well, I, and I think it just bra- it brings attention still. I think it's harmful. I think because people do that and then they're like, I'm helping. And I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think you're helping. Nelson. I don't know. Like for me on mm. my, um, my elite firearms and training Facebook page, I always try to post, like political news and stuff like that to bring it to people's attention to show them like what's happening. You have a large audience. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's, that's valuable. Most people don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that sharing information is, it's still important. Uh, you know, even if you only have like seven followers or something, even if you're just stuck in an echo chamber, it's always good to share information, but you're absolutely right that that's like the absolute most basic level of involvement that you could possibly be in because especially nowadays with so many people, you know, uh, so siloed off and, you know, liberals don't care about what you have to say if you're conservative and conservatives don't care what you have to say if you're liberal. So a lot of times if you're throwing stuff on the internet, it's just kind of preaching to the choir Mm because most of your followers are going to be pro-gun anyways, if you're sharing pro-gun information. But I think obviously voting super important even if people think that their vote is useless i mean i was like one of the only pro-gun people probably voting when i was in new york um, but i still did it more than anything i think what's so important for gun rights particularly is 
taking people to the gun range and educating them. Even if there's somebody who's very anti-gun, you got to like break that barrier and just, you know, because I that was one thing that I think worked in my favor when I lived in New York. Now, here in Virginia, almost everybody I know is pro-gun. So it's a very, very different environment. But living in New York, I had so many people who were anti-gun. But then I would say, hey, do you want to just come with me to the gun range sometime and I'll just show you what it's like and you know like even if you you decide that you're not comfortable shooting the gun like I just want to teach you about it it was amazing how many people would actually be interested and actually want to go to the gun range with me and even if it was just to look at guns because they they didn't feel comfortable going to a gun shop or a gun range by themselves so I think that that is super super important for the gun rights movement is just to educate people on a one-on-one basis. Yeah. I love that um, answer. Yeah, I do too. Mm-hmm. No, oh, oh, shut thanks. up, Sean. Don't <laughs> copy me. Grow up. Best answer ever. <laughs> <laughs> We're oh, like, man. yeah, could we get a, a an applause, please? Applause. Uh, yeah. oh, Hold thanks, on. I, I got this. Hold up. We got okay, it. Okay. Hurry up. Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, That's for you, girl. There you go. We're throwing flowers at you. That's what oh, she geez. said. They really love me. <laughs> Hmm. Uh, but uh yeah and i mean that's the thing you know i've mentioned a bunch of times already my canadian relatives a lot of them have actually come with me to go shooting and most of them are like by the end of it they're like okay i i can see why you like this Mm -hmm. so you know if you can convince somebody that you should be allowed to own guns then normally they're kind of more willing to start to understand the argument and and just at least kind of get it Mm mm-hmm Now, when you see, you know, like the anchor from CNN going to the gun range to just to, I don't know, prove a point on the media and he's shooting and he says that he gets PTSD from the horrible, Uh scary Uh AR-15, typically that is not the way that people react when you actually take them shooting for the first time. Yeah, I agree. So true. It's a a disaster. So where can people find uh, Semi-Arm Life? The Semi-Arm Life. Yeah, uh, so we are, uh, on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash semiarmslife. We're on the, uh, we're on iTunes. So most podcast apps, you just search the semiarmslife. Um, and then on Instagram at semiarmslife. And if you want to follow me, um, cause I'm just so cool, I'm at Mrs. Semi-Armed. So. <laughs> oh yeah. shit, girl, you didn't even. <laughs> I know. She's like, hold on, I gotta get She's this. She's like, I got, I got I engaged know. yesterday and I, I changed know. I'm my. Like, <laughs> All right, I'm engaged, so now I'm Mrs. So right. Cool. Before it was just Ms. <laughs> semi-Armed. Body. I know. I'm not even married yet. I don't give <laughs> a shit. <laughs> You're like I'm milking it for everything it's worth. You're like, if I change it now, he's not backing out that bastard. <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, it's Instagram official. We are getting married. Right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Very cool. You're going to stick around with us for a bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. So Q. One, I have really good news. I got the notification that my gun, the fix, it shipped. So I should have it sometime this week. I'm super excited. I also, so I've decided to start my own YouTube channel. So it's it's going to be separate from Gun Funny or Elite Firearms and Training. It's just going to be called Ava Flanell. Yeah, that's right. Ava Flav in the house. All right. Yeah. Great, guys. Awesome. <laughs> I'm looking at Sean. He's like not even impressed. 
but uh, the first video that I'm going to put on there, and it should come out this week, is going to be my interview with Kevin Brittingham from Q, and we talk about all of the new products that are going to be hitting the market uh, sometime this year, or if not in 2020. Uh, so really excited about that. And yeah, and then also, did you guys know the, the Honey Badgers on the Call of Duty? I did not. I mean, I don't watch no. video games, or watch video, yeah, I don't play I'm video like, games. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't do that their video game thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't watch video games. <laughs> yeah, neither does anyone else. I think I think well, that's not true. No, There's they twitch so many yeah, people, people watch on Twitch right. all the time. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> so many people. Um but yeah, I think I I think I played Frogger once or something, but You probably lost. Yeah, I did actually. I could cross <laughs> the street. That little frog. Uh, stupid cars. Poor frog. What did it ever do to you? Alana, have you ever watched Call of Duty or watched Jesus? <laughs> oh my God. It's just getting worse and worse. It's been a long day. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I, I do watch Mike play Call of Duty sometimes. Does that count? Yeah. It does. It does. <laughs> there you go. You can watch Call of Duty. Does no, he? I actually, I learned, uh, I learned about video games recently. No, I, I started learning how to play Call of Duty and I got really addicted to it. And then I was like, Oh, this is how people gain like a hundred pounds and then live in their mom's basement. Huh, all day. Right. Yep. <laughs> I think that's why I never played sense. them. Like it's weird. Cause I, there wasn't like a ton of restrictions growing up, but we, my mom didn't really, it's not that she didn't allow us to play video games, but we never really had them. And then I remember it was like one Christmas, like even though we're Jewish, we celebrated Christmas, um, that she got <laughs> us the game that was like super in demand that people were like getting into fights at Walmart over. And when my sister and I opened it up, we were just like, oh, that's cool. Thanks. And my mom's like, really? Like, you're not excited? Like, this is the game to have. Like, everybody wants this. And I think we ended up taking it back or we didn't play it. So she's and, like, I pepper sprayed somebody on Black Friday. Right? For this <laughs> I was on the news for this. <laughs> um, yeah. So the Honey Badgers in Call of Duty. So oh, uh, holy fuck, I forgot what we were even talking about. <laughs> we, we lost track because Ava was over here watching, watching video, video games. games. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, guys, if you want to go check out Kevin's products, go to livecuredie.com. There you go. And they sponsor our Knowledge Bomb segment. That's right. Dropping wisdom. Slinging truth. Prepare yourself for Knowledge Bomb. All right. So first thing is an artist named Marina Abramovich allowed the audience to do whatever they wished to her using one of 72 objects placed on a table, which included a loaded gun and a scalpel. Yeah. Okay. So, so she did this as art. Yeah. This is uh back in the seventies, I believe. Of course it was in the seventies. That's when they did like all the crazy things. <laughs> yeah. So the, uh, she was a performance artist and the, the piece was called rhythm zero and had all these items on there. Some of them were pleasurable, like feathers and other things. And, and roses. She basically, yeah, roses, flowers, other things. The roses will be important here in a minute. But she basically said that uh, she she wore a sign that said there are 72 objects on the table that one can use on me as desired. Performance. I am the object. During this period, I take full responsibility. Duration, six hours. And it is very, very terrible. So things start out pretty, uh, pretty tame and calm. People turn her around and... 
they attached things to her. And after a while, things got kind of crazy. They ended up taking her clothes off and uh, groping her sexually. And at one point, uh, pointing guns at her, they make her point a gun at herself and put her finger in the trigger guard. This is a loaded gun. They start to cut her. Uh, the first one was a cut on the neck with a razor blade that was on the table. God. Eventually, they use those razor blades to cut her clothes off. Uh, they cut her quite a bit, actually. And at the very end, she it's over. Everyone's still in the audience, and she starts to walk around in the audience, and no one will make eye contact with her. Like they they can't accept, you know they 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 just will not look at her. They treated her just like trash, uh, and then uh, but yeah, that, there was a loaded gun. Uh, she said that she was ready to die, and her quote. I felt raped. They cut off the clothes. They stuck me with the thorns of the rose in my stomach, aimed the gun to my head. Man, just horrible. This is horrible. This is a horrible testament to human nature. And we are all depressed now. But, but it's also kind of stupid that she would do that. Uh, I mean, she has to be prepared for whatever's going to happen. You would think in a room full of people, they wouldn't cut your clothes off and like physically molest mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, people deep down though can be animals. Yeah. I, I think this shows pretty <laughs> much that society yeah. is animals. Yeah. And this is why we are literally carry guns is mm-hmm. crap like this. People think when there's no repercussions that they can do what they want. Exactly. Yeah. And I got 17 yeah. rounds. and no, you can't, bitch. <laughs> okay. So it actually, it reminded me, I was reading through that and it reminded me a lot of this, uh, this YouTube series called the psycho, the psychopaths that surround you by Stefan Molyneux. And he, uh, he talks a lot about these experiments that happened, I, I think in the seventies, again, those crazy seventies, um, where, uh, people were in a room and they were told to, uh, that they just had to like give somebody in a different room a slight shock and just like it continuously got worse and worse. And they were just being told like, okay, shock that person now, shock them again. And it got to the point where they were, it, you know, they were being told that they were shocking people literally to death and electrocuting them to death. But people continued to do it because somebody who was portrayed as an authority figure, like law enforcement or something like that, was telling them that they had to do it. So they were like, okay, well, he's telling me to do it. So I better do it. And, uh, so it just kind of goes to show that, like, when people are told to do something, or in this case, when people are given the opportunity to do something with no repercussions, like people are sociopaths. It's mm-hmm. insane. Yeah. Just like how bench made, you know, the police officers were like, Hey, can you assist us in cutting up these exactly. guns? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's why, like, I, I feel like they, you know, they weren't even thinking when they did that. They're just like, Oh yeah, we want to help the cops. Sure. Yeah. Ugh. Exactly. Crazies. All right. Next is a passenger. Uh, Heathrow was forced to change out of a Transformers t-shirt to board a flight because it depicted a gun. And this happened in late April, early May 2008. So it was a uh, little over a decade ago. Dude was wearing an Optimus Prime t-shirt and pretty innocuous. Optimus Prime had a cannon as an arm and they literally made him change. They wouldn't let him get on the plane. He went through multiple officials. Uh, they, they said, nope, we can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. And this is 11 years ago. Like, just imagine. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah we all, I didn't realize it was that long ago. Yeah. Just, we all know that England is bad now. Like, can't even have a butter knife in your car or anything. Like, mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah. Toast apparently doesn't exist. But yeah, this is 11 years ago. Couldn't get on a plane. Had to literally strip and change shirts. Couldn't cha- turn the shirt inside out. Had to change shirts because somehow that gun 
could, you know, bring down the plane. Uh, that, that's whack. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was clearly a bomb secretly in there. Exactly. Hidden in the fibers of the T-shirt. <laughs> yes. So dangerous. <laughs> crazy. Ten years ago. That's insane, though. Goddamn England. I know. <sighs> People who get Stupid triggered. Coats. They're flipping out. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on anymore. Uh, but that'll do it for Knowledge Bomb. I, I kind of like this segment. That's cool. Glad you do. <laughs> do yeah, you, I learned a lot. Do you <laughs> like it, Ava? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I actually really do. I'm really enjoying it. I like the company that sponsors it more, though. I'm just... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, clearly. I mean, there's stuff's like, I think, a little bit more cooler, in my opinion, but it's always cool to learn. <laughs> it learning is. is cool. It is. I'm learning weird Knowledge facts. Knowledge power. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Talk about our little buddy ball friends. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh, I was thinking of a, you know, a segue. Okay. <laughs> Killing it. Yeah. <laughs> Matador Arms. Yes. What about them? Uh, Matador Arms. They make a lot of stuff. Uh, we've got several of the things on my XR EXP. I have their Sidewinder folding stock adapter on my 1022. I have their uh, oversized 1022 mag release, which is pretty great. Their Fury, and I have their Fury Grip. You have the Fury Grip, which is good because smaller hands... It, it actually works really good for you. It fits my hands just fine. I didn't even notice that. But when somebody brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a little bit smaller. Yeah. Uh, they also sponsor our prank calls. But before we play that, guys, go to matadorarms.com. Use the code GUNFUNNY10, and that gets you 10% off. It's time for prank calls with Malcolm and Gertrude. Honey! Uh, hi, Lo. Uh, this is Gertrude, and I was wondering if you guys did, uh, like, firearm training and stuff. Yeah, we got some classes. Okay, um, so it, let me explain my situation. So I have a lot of experience. Uh, my my dad, though, who's going to pass away, he has, like, 45 guns, and uh, he won't give them to me unless I take a training class, which is, I mean, it's kind of dumb because, like I said, I have experience, but he, I need to present that certificate to him. So upon completion, will I get a certificate? The only one you'll get a certificate for is the uh, NRA basic pistol class. And that one's uh, actually the or best maybe, one. Or maybe you guys could just write me like a handwritten note or something saying like, Gertrude took this class. Uh, we could probably do something. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be like anything crazy official or something, but maybe you could just come in and could shoot. You, like, could you maybe put your number down there just in case if he has to call you, you know, for reference? Yeah, we could get something set up there. Okay, so what is the class that you guys teach that is like the the you know the quickest class like i need it and it has to be quick i i don't i want to i need to make sure that i get this done before you know he you know you know passes yeah <laughs> let's see i'm trying to through our march calendar here so our quickest class that you would actually get a certificate in that involves no shooting and our cheapest course no oh, perfect i'm gonna say i'm gonna say is our <laughs> an only course it's on Wednesday, the 20th of this month, it's literally from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that way you could. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I need to get this done real quick before he, like, kills over or something, you know? I mean, I love him and everything, <laughs> but it's just kind of ridiculous that he, he's making me take this class when, you know, obviously I have gun experience. It's like I got to mm -hmm. bring home, you know, like a report card or something. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. And plus with this certificate, if you don't have your concealed carry license already. You'll be able to apply for that, too, afterwards. I okay. Mean. Okay, perfect, perfect. I'm going to go sign up online. Thank you very much. Sounds like a plan. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
All right. So I kid you not. I got this same fucking phone call this morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? yeah, that's like literally this lady needed. She was 63 years old and her dad, oh I guess, God. was dying. And I mean, she said it like, yeah, he's going, he's dying, you know, whatever. I got to do it before he, he before he ends <laughs> oh up dead. God. And I was just like, uh, okay. And, and literally he's going to be dead soon. I kept thinking, I'm like, am I getting pranked right now? But she signed up for the class. So I don't think it was a prank. Well, <laughs> oh my God. And hopefully she never hears this. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> she, she's going to teach my class, and I'll be like, and guys, check out my podcast. <laughs> Wait, was her name yeah, Bertha? Right. <laughs> then... I just like how you kept saying, like, I got a lot of experience. I got a lot of experience. No, that's because that's what she kept saying. And I was like, all right, oh that's cool. You still need to take the class, lady. <laughs> you, you, you need to take it twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. And bring a muzzle to class, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, Paula Moretti. Yeah, Paul Brady. I actually uh, shot my PF9 uh, PF940 V2 yesterday. Oh, nice. Uh, this one's pretty much all Paul Brady. The only thing that's not Paul Brady on it is the lower the the frame kit, the frame parts kit. Everything else, barrel trigger, slide, um, frame clearly, and I've got the the Coyote one, which which is the Brownells exclusive. But man, yeah, I shot I shot a hundred rounds through it, just you know taking it to the range, continuously just shooting through it to see how it does. And it did awesome. I just shot basically 100 rounds as fast as I could. Got it all on camera and... Did you have any issues? No. Nice. Nope. No issues whatsoever. And it was fun. So I, I, I really like them. And it was funny because I held a Glock 43 a few minutes earlier and that grip angle felt weird to me. Mm-hmm. Like for some people it works. Some people it just feels weird. And I'm one of those people. So the Palm Ready for me is the way to go. If you think it's the way for you to go... And clearly, you or not even clearly, you don't have to be like handy... To do this like if you can use some basic hand tools like you can do a poly 80 by yourself and if you just think that that's way above what you what you got they also sell the serialized frames as well so yeah and i mean if sean can do it you can do it yeah clearly <laughs> just remember that <laughs> polymer80.com use the code gunfunny and that gets you 10 percent off Talk, discussing popular guns and gear love it hate it find out now All right, so universal background checks. Yeah, universal background checks. Let me, uh, I'll start off with this. Uh, Alana, you started the show saying that your brother bought his first gun from you. Yes. D- were you guys required to go do a background check for that? Well, he lives in Texas and I'm in Virginia. So yeah, I had to send it to an FFL no. and he had to pick it up there and oh, do a so, background check. So you didn't just send it in the post office and... <laughs> Hey, it'll be in your mailbox. (laughs) Now, if you were in the same city, wouldn't that seem kind of ridiculous to sell your brother your own property that that you would have to go through a background check? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I mean, I've, I've sold Mike guns before and he's sold me guns before. Yeah. (laughs) So I mean, it's, did you charge him a little extra? Cause that's a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I would have done. (laughs) (laughs) No, I charged him extra. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, like it would be so absurd if I was like, Hey, babe, do you want to buy this gun now? Okay, wait, we have to go to the gun shop first and then you can have it, even though it's just going to come right back home and go into the same safe with all the rest of our guns. Yeah. It's insane. So there, I, I've got a couple opinions on this. A, there, there's been a couple different reports actually that went through like the last 10 or 15 uh, mass killing scenarios, mass killing people. And applied a lot of these laws that they're trying to put into place to see if they would have stopped them. And universal background checks, nope, wouldn't have stopped any of them. 
And Mm -hmm. so clearly this law is not being put into place to stop that, those things. So then I wonder, well, why is it being put into place? July 1st, 2013, we had a universal background check go into effect in Colorado. And in that time, which has now been six years, I think two people have ever been charged with it. They were add on charges to make sure that something stuck. And eventually one of them got dropped. And I think the other one was uh, eventually prosecuted on it, but it was in addition to tons of other charges. And they, they mm-hmm. really, when they arrest somebody, they just throw the book at them to see what sticks. And then they drop some of the stuff and plea bargain out of other stuff. But I'm pretty sure at this point, no one's actually been convicted. And if there has mm-hmm. been, it might've been one person, but they don't stop things. These laws, in my opinion, stop law-abiding citizens from basically, A, exercising the Second Amendment, which is our naturally given, right? And B, they're stupid and they don't stop crimes because criminals are going to crime anyway. They don't care. All right, criminals so, are going to crime? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to say it. Hmm. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. Oh, geez. All right. So without this law. So let's say you can't, you know, if I was a criminal, I wanted to commit a crime, whatever. Or I have committed a crime. I'm planning on it. I go to the gun store. They're like, oh, we got to do a background check. I already know I'm not going to pass. So then I'm going to go home. I'll go on like armslist.com or something, find somebody local, and I'll just buy the gun from them. So I think in a way it would make it a little bit more difficult for people to obtain a gun. And you said earlier, because we were having this conversation earlier, Sean, and you were saying that like it's up to the gun owner to see like, hey, if that person's a good person, do they seem like a law abiding citizen? But how many times do you see, you know, somebody commits a crime? Like, let's say it's like a, a, you know, somebody who kills like 20 people and they interview like their neighbors and stuff. And they're like, it's so weird because he was like the nicest guy. You know, he always was like mm-hmm. helping me shovel my driveway. And so I don't know if it would be up to the gun owner to make that decision to see if that was a good person or not. And I understand, like, I'm, I'm not in favor of any more laws, like anything that restricts a law-abiding citizen, you know, to have a gun, I'm against. But that's kind of... Mm-hmm. So I think that one of the problems there is, I mean, just the simplest, you know, I guess loophole, if you will, is, you know, that same criminal that you were using as an example going on arms list or something. I think a lot of people, instead of going to arms list and trying to purchase a firearm privately, they're just going to tell one of their friends, one of their, one of their criminal buddies who has never actually been charged before. Hey man, can you go buy a gun for me and then give it to me? Like that's it. Mm-hmm. So that they're going to get somebody to go pass a background check for them. And so it's just still going to not really do anything about people getting and obtaining firearms illegally. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, which, and, and that's a straw purchase, was the, yeah. which is also against the law, which yeah. clearly mm-hmm. they generally don't care about. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Um, I think uh, one of the most, I guess, w- one of the best examples I have of how horrible, uh, like h- how horrible it is in states where private gun sales are illegal. Uh, you know, all, all of my bad examples always come from the People's Republic of New York. And after the SAFE Act passed, I mean, they already had uh, private sales outlawed. But it became a lot more strict about transferring firearms after uh, a death of the gun owner. So there was an example of uh, in Erie County where I lived uh, in Buffalo. There was this old woman whose husband was a gun owner and he passed away. And because he passed away, now all of a sudden law enforcement has to come and confiscate his guns. So literally the day of her husband's funeral... Her house got raided 
by, I, I can't remember which law enforcement agency it was, like if it was state troopers or what, but her house got raided and they tore her house apart to confiscate all of her late husband's firearms on wow. the day of his funeral. Wow. So, I mean, that's the kind of shit that people don't really think about, like the aftermath of outlawing private sales and all of the like horrible, horrible repercussions that it has. And it doesn't really do anything to stop crime mm-hmm. because, you know, look at the states who already have private gun, uh, gun sales outlawed. And, you know, a lot of times they have higher gun crimes than most other states. Mm-hmm. When there was a, a fire, there was like a huge fire here in Colorado a few years ago. I guess actually it's been like seven years ago now. And, mm-hmm. um, there was people that were just taking, you know, a few of their belongings and, and they were leaving, they had to evacuate. And so they were saying that, like, included in a lot of those belongings, like, people were giving, you know, like, their belongings, their guns, like, all their valuables to their friends to hold on to. And by Mm -hmm. doing that, they were committing crimes because they were not doing background checks in order for them to, you know, hold on to their valuables because it exceeded, I think it was, like, 36 hours or something. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, another example of just... Yeah. Something horrible happens yeah. and it's just making law-abiding citizens criminals. I agree. Yeah, I mean, like you can't outlaw crazy. Like people are always going to be horrible no matter what what type of laws you have on the books. And I mean, I think that really like the only way to to curb that is just education and teaching people how to responsibly use firearms and uh, you know, that way they're not tempted in any way, shape, or form to do something horrible with a firearm because they understand the full repercussions of the power behind them. Yeah. yeah. I always like to do the the substitution game with stuff like this. Okay, well, let's think about things that, that kill people in this country. Uh, cheeseburgers, mm-hmm. cigarettes, automobiles. Well, in order, oh, yeah. to, what if in order to buy a cheeseburger, you had to do a background check or to buy a pack of cigarettes, you had to do a background check or to buy a car, you had to do a background check. Like none of those oh, things man. actually exist. And people will go, oh, well, those are not rights that are guaranteed by the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. And to that, I say, OK, well, let's apply this to freedom to petition. What if in order mm-hmm. to get signatures, you had to go through a background check? Well, there would be very few petition takers, is, is my guess. You wouldn't see a whole lot of those. What about freedom of the press? What if you had to be, uh, mm-hmm. you know, background checks done and actually, uh, you know, pass those background checks to be able to report on the news and things like that. Freedom of speech. What if you had to have a background check to post on Facebook? Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Some of those things sound okay, but it's just, it's very George Orwellian in 1984. Freedom of religion. What if you had to have a background check? Okay. We get, be, we get it. We get it. And I, hey, I can we, go on we got and on. so many amendments. You're reading me a bedtime story here. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sleepy? <laughs> yeah. A little bit. <laughs> But now I am pocket constitution. Yeah, Yeah. no kidding. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I mean, the thing that sucks, too, is that a lot of people are like, well, if you're not a criminal, then you shouldn't care about getting a background check. Okay, well, guess what? Now, all of a sudden, you know, you have people in like New York City, for example, with legislators trying to introduce or they are introducing bills, excuse me, that say that background checks should require going through people's social media accounts. That's so subjective. I mean, anybody could look at somebody's social media and say, oh, that person's crazy. They don't deserve a gun. I mean, I've been like, literally, I can't tell you guys how many messages I've received on social media because of my advocacy work of people like comparing me to Timothy McVeigh and, and like, (laughs) you know, the guy from Waco and stuff like that, because I'm super into guns. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, like I have liberal people who have called me a domestic terrorist before. 
And it's literally just because I'm a gun owner and I'm a proud gun owner and I advocate for gun rights. So, I mean, if you get the wrong people in there looking at uh, social media accounts, it's very subjective. There's nothing objective about that. And law is supposed to be objective. Then anybody can all of a sudden be denied their right to own a firearm. Absolutely. Yeah. And our constitutional republic, for those that are listening, is for the people and by the people. Government is not meant to control us and people think that it is and it's not. It's meant to be there for other things, but never to control us. Yeah. So suck it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and don't look at my social media account. Okay. Exactly. Cause I'm yeah. fucked. No. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, if, if anyone else has any other opinions out there, we'd love to hear them. Uh, email them to Ava directly. No, email them to Sean. <laughs> I got enough work on my plate. Just kidding. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We would actually love to hear your arguments for or against. But email Sean. <laughs> uh, let's read some Facebook reviews. Facebook reviews. Uh, Facebook, iTunes, if you would like to leave us a review, we would absolutely appreciate it. I'm going to go ahead and read three that are off Facebook tonight, but go leave us one on iTunes. I know how many of you use iPhones. Yeah. I know it. If you use an iPhone, just uh, just type in Gun Funny, leave a little review. We'll Easy read it. peasy, and you might get a prize. <laughs> yeah, you just might. All right, so first up from Elvin D, recommended great podcast. I look forward to what each week has to offer and am never disappointed. The Ava and Sean duo complement each other perfectly. High five. Get out of here. <laughs> Sean tries to be the serious one. What? <laughs> you're the serious and one. Ava is the laid back. What uh, the fuck, you're, everyone? You're like the dad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Why don't you cough into the mic a little bit more? <laughs> I don't even know what just, just happened. Make a bunch of dad sounds. For yeah. The rest exactly. Of the <laughs> Come on, dad. You never know what you're going to get with these two. The interviews with various industries. Wait, wait, wait. So it said Sean tries to be the serious one and Ava's the laid back. What the fuck, everyone? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so cute. He knows me so well. The interviews with various industry business owners are very informative and bridges a bond with their brand. They always find down-to-earth business owners with great products. The prank calls are an added bonus. The way they stay in character to keep the call going is hilarious. I highly advise those that love the show to become a Patreon. The Patreon group page is on another level where no holds are barred. Ava, Sean, keep up the good work, but mostly Sean. Yeah, there's no Fs given at the Patreon group. <laughs> It's it's true. The Patreon group is like the Wild West for gun funny supporters. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't hold back. <laughs> Next reviews from Rod L. Recommended. This is a great podcast informative. Loved the podcast with Charger Arms. I'm from Kansas and just bought a suppressor from them. Went extremely easy. Sean pretty much runs... The, oh, this dude's a fucking genius. Sean pretty much runs this show and Ava wears the pants in the fam. Well, at least yeah, Sean's pants yeah, with the blue alpha gear belt. Keep it up, Ava. Whoa. You'll become the leader sooner or later. Okay, so I don't really get it. Like, at first I was like, eh, and then I was like, yeah, and then I was like, eh, and then I was like, okay, cool. Rod, we appreciate it. Nicholas B says, recommended. Great podcast with hilarious hosts and awesome guests. Ava and Sean go to be- go together like Betty Crocker and the word moist. I enjoy listening every time except for when Sean says, dang. Oh, and the prank calls are cringeworthy. All right. Dang. <laughs> uh, Alana, Alana. As is tradition, uh, you get to pick the winner. Who do you think should win a prize this week? Oh, boy. Um, hmm. I think Elvin. Because, first of all, that name is crazy. I like it. Yeah. Elvin. Uh, but also just because he said that Ava is the laid back what the fuck ever one. <laughs> That's <laughs> so actually true. so... 
What? Yeah. Like none of that is true. I mean, it is. Now, all y'all been vodka ho- help. Y- y'all been hoodwinked, bamboozled. <laughs> Elvin actually won last month's uh, Patreon giveaway. Nice. He's like, yeah. Well, dang. Talk about a lucky guy. That yeah. is very cool. All right, Elvin, get in touch with Ava for your prize. And uh, now it's time to wrap things up. All right, guys, we are at gunfunny.com. We will find links to everything where the show is. We also have a new a new little uh, tab on the website. It's called Support Us. And if you're going to go shopping at like Cabela's, uh, Sportsman's Guide, Palmetto State Armory, Rainier Arms, Brownells, um, a good way to support the show is just click on that, click on whatever you know, website you're going to go shopping on and, uh, and we'll actually get a percentage of whatever you buy. So if you don't want to become a Patreon, which is another way to support the show, that would be, you know, a good way, pretty easy to support the show as well. If you do want to become a Patreon, uh, there's a plenty of different levels and, uh, basically your Patreon allows us to, it, it helps us to afford things like an editor, Kenny Ortega, who uh, edits the show and makes it sound better. Yes. Kenny does an awesome job for us. Yeah. It helps with camera equipment now that I'm doing a, a YouTube page and stuff like that and uh, travel and I don't know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I do want to thank our $25 Patreons. Sean, take yep. it away. Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Charger Arms, Ryan Morrison, John Snow, Kevin Brittingham, Nathan Keck, and Michael Alexiou. Oh, that's cool. What about You're our like king? an auctioneer? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> can I get a two? Get a, get a Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. I don't know. That was like their one time to shine too, and you had to rush through it. <laughs> what should this? Imagine sh- if they slept with you, they'd be really disappointed. <laughs> oh man, because I take so long. Wait, Burn. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and our king of the patron, Sean. What is king of the patron? Two a jewels. Can I get a two a jewels? Can I get a two a jewels? We got a two a jewels over here. Okay, but I asked, what is King of the Patreon? <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, King of the Patreon is this thing that we have. No, it's actually whoever donates the most via Patreon every month. Right now, $75 is the number to beat. Uh, but when you do, we get to say your message. So if it's a business, we'll talk about your business. If it's a person, we'll basically say whatever you want us to say. And what did 2A Jewels want us to say? That they also make custom jewelry, including wedding rings. What? What? Oh, man. Yeah. I'm going to have to keep that in mind. John's actually been sending me pictures of some of the wedding rings he's done, and they are freaking gorgeous. That's awesome. So keep that in mind, guys. Yep. Go to 2A Jewels on Facebook and uh, just let them know that you listen to Gun Funny and you want some of them jewelries. We are also doing a giveaway for Tac Pack. So all you have to do to enter, just go to gunfunny.com forward slash TP. Uh, just put your name and your email address, and we are going to draw a winner. We're actually doing that the next show. Uh, we'll be doing this every month. You can also, if you don't want to wait or enter the drawing, you can go to tacpack.com, use the code gunfunny, and when you sign up for their monthly subscription box, you'll get a free uh, SOG tool. Very cool. Yeah. I love it. All right. So Alana, remind us one more time where people can find you online. Uh, so they can uh, find the podcast on pretty much any podcast app that they use. Just search the semi-armed life, uh, soundcloud.com slash semi-armed life, uh, Instagram at semi-armed life. And uh, my personal Instagram is Mrs. Semi-armed. All right. I love it. Thanks so much for being with us. It was a blast. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for having me. It was great. Absolutely. Yeah, Ava. Thank you. Ava, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, I know. It's not easy. Uh, on my show that I run. According, <laughs> Whatever. According to Elvin. No. Okay. <laughs> Everyone says I'm the leader. <laughs> 
That's just because they feel bad for you, I think. <laughs> yeah, Sean, El- Elvin just said you're the serious one. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, know. it was Rod that said I was I was running the show. No, he said <laughs> literally last sentence. Keep it up, Ava. You will become the leader sooner or later, and I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I Holy am the shit. leader. It's getting so uncomfortable here. We we gotta go, <laughs> guys. Go to Patreon.com/slash/gunfunny to become a Patreon. Check out Atlanta at Semi Armed Life. <laughs> Sean and, needs to go get some cough syrup. We're out. Yeah. I, well, no, I drank it all. <laughs> yeah. I got that purple. <laughs> you always embarrassing me. Want to send feedback? Suggest a place to prank call? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.